podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Who wants yesterday's papers? Who wants yesterday's gun? Who wants yesterday's papers? Nobody in the world. Hello, hello. Uh, welcome aboard. Tonight where I am in the hot seat here, joined by Andy Young, Jamie Home, and we have the Liverpool Echo journalist James Pierce with us as well. Uh, we'll run through some topics relating to some interviews that he's had recently, the Leicester game, the upcoming Chelsea match, as well as his thoughts on uh, some of the things that have happened relating to Liverpool over the last couple of weeks. It's the LFC Day Trippers. Okay, so first up, um, let's have a chat about the Leicester game, which I think we'll all agree was an excellent performance. Um, first off, we go over to James, uh, James Pierce, who we're joined by. Delighted to be joined by you tonight, James. Welcome aboard. Thanks for having me. Good, good to be on. Yeah, great, great. Listen, uh, maybe you give us a, a little overview of what you thought. We'll go into a more detailed roundup and through the game as we go on. But let, let's let's have a, a quick rundown from you in terms of what you felt um, were the good and bad points of the game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, certainly the positives massively out, outweighed any of the negatives. I think going forward, Liverpool were absolutely irresistible at times, and I think you, know, you could you could see in that game on 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 Saturday, you know, the the benefits of that pre-season that Klopp had had with the players. I think probably more than any other point this season, it looked a really classy, slick, cohesive unit, especially when they attacked and. And when you think, I, I know Leicester aren't the, the Leicester of last season, and of course they missed Kante, but you know, I, I was trying to think when I'd seen Leicester look that, that ordinary, and I think Liverpool made them look ordinary. And to, you know, Le- Leicester's their, their, their amazing achievements last season was, be, was basically based on being so secure defensively and, and not, not giving away many chances. And yet Liverpool scored four, could easily have had six or seven with the, the chances they made. And it was, yeah, it was, it was a real sense of occasion to the day with, with the new main stand opening and obviously the biggest crowd Amford had had for, for nearly 40 years. And I think, you know, the performance lived up to it. It wasn't you know, still room for improvement. You know, you think of that wobble they had um, before half time. Um, I thought they actually started the game quite poorly as well, first five, ten minutes. But, you know, over the course of the 90, you look back and you, 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 I think most fans who were there went away with a real buzz thinking, you know, it's, it, it, it does promise to be some ride this season. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it was nice to see the uh, the team come out and give us a win uh, when it's a memorable occasion rather than uh, some of the uh, stadium-related uh, games we've had in the past, like the, the last game in front of the Cop and such the like. Yeah. And, and I think you're right there. There really was. You could see it from the ex-players who were there. You could see it from the buzz around the fans who were there before the game. There really was a sense of occasion. And we got a performance that matched that. Yeah, we certainly did. Yeah, I think I think that was the 
that was the thing, wasn't it? You know, when when it clicked, it just looked so dangerous, and you, and you think, you know, I, there's just so much pace and and creativity in that team. You know that obviously without, you know they achieved that pretty much on Saturday without Coutinho. You know, you think of some of the link-up play between Mane and and Lallana and. Sturridge, I think, was probably a bit of an unsung hero on the weekend as well. I thought, I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was absolutely excellent. You know, quite selfless as well. Someone who, you know, is accused of being selfish at times and and and, and not putting a shift in. I think he, you know, he was, he was very unselfish for the goal that he created brilliantly for Mane and and just in general with the with with the shift that he put in. And you know, Mane has obviously been an absolute revelation since he joined the club. Um, you know, I, I must admit, when Liverpool paid 30 million for him, I had my doubts whether he was he was quite in that calibre of, of price mark. But you know, he, he looks worth every single penny at the moment, and um, and, and more. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's amazing because I mean, I think so used to you know in recent years, so many new players needing time to adjust and settle to their new surroundings. You, you think of someone like Lalana, who you know, I think he admitted making that leap from Southampton to Liverpool was huge for him. He said, you know, that first year, the pressure and expectation of, of being at Liverpool every week, he found difficult to handle. You know, exactly the same with Lovren, really. You know, had, a, had, a, had a very tough first year, struggled with the spotlight, yet Mane just looks looks absolutely at home with it. And, um, you know, couple that with the fact that Firmino, you know, I think he was, he, he was, he was man of the match for me. I thought, just you know, absolutely outstanding in every every facet of his game, you know, his movement, his, his touch, his, you know, his his vision, and you know the way he took his two goals as well. Absolutely ice cool, and um, yeah, it just you know, it, 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 you almost you almost think now it, it, it baffles you how Liverpool went and lost at Burnley because if if they'd managed to produce five minutes of what they produced on Saturday at Burnley, they'd have won that game. Um, and uh, but you know I must admit that the table does look a, a bit more uh, a bit more encouraging now than it than it did before the international break. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think um, from that point of view, we've 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 got three tough um, away games. You know, everybody's spoken about Spurs and and Arsenal away. I think. I think you know Burnley will surprise some teams at Turf Moor this season, and and they will take points off some of the bigger sides as well. So we've got that game out of the way as well. That's my little way of feeling good about the fact that we got beaten two 0 To be honest with you, but um, Andy, let, let's let's bring you in then for the moment. What what were your, you know, you're the romantic, uh, and, and when it comes to all of the day trippers, you you are the romantic of us all, you know. Um, so how did you feel? Like were you, were you feeling a little bit emotional before the game? Like we're talking, we're talking about the stand here. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're yeah. About like the stand. I've, I've, you see a lot of negative stuff on, on Twitter and that about oh this fucking stand. I'm sick of hearing about the stand. It's all about the stupid stand and everything. But like since day one, since those like pics were released of what it's going to look like, you know, I was really into it, and I couldn't get enough coverage. About the stand, you love you know? to trust. Yeah, like oh, you talk when about the trust. Get... Talk about oh. everything. You know, just yeah. as you see, kind of coming together and all. Oh, I loved all that. So I kind of likened the occasion to the cops last stand. We didn't even make such a big deal out of the brand new cop grandstand when it was built. Yeah, you know, I don't really. Re- I remember the centenary going up, but I think in the age we're in now and the kind of PR. Yeah, it's the PR and the social media on. machine, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was uh, everything's magnified. Yeah, and like. Fairway uh, put a huge kind of um, 
like emphasis and they got everyone speaking about it like they got social media speaking about it uh, and they got Sky speaking about it you yeah, know they got yeah. they got everyone like you know and all the newspapers are on about the new Anfield the new stand and the players coming out about it and it's a, I mean, it's a, even, it's a feel good even fact, Klopp was, was mentioning things so yeah, it was great, and uh, you know, it created a a really, really big, big occasion on the day. And I mean, I walking up and catching the first glimpse of it, and all like it was exciting, you know. So yeah. it was an extra element to it. Obviously, you're going over and you're watching the game. You're looking forward to that too. But it was an extra little kind of where were you uh, sitting side act in the cup? You in the cup? Yeah. Did you cry? <laughs> Are you going to cry now? <laughs> you want to? He seems to be glazing yeah, up yeah, a little yeah. bit, doesn't he? He looks like he looks like I do when I watch DIY SOS. Sob <laughs> <laughs> stories at the end. Yeah, yeah. No, so, so it was good. Um, yeah. It's good. Like and it's it's absolutely massive. Yeah, you, you just have to see it in person to actually appreciate appreciate yeah. the size of it. Like no picture is going to really get that across. Like I know when they take a big area photograph, it looks massive. It does look massive. Yeah, but it's not clear standing below on the outside, looking up to the the height the roof I've never seen it and like I've been to the new camp and I've been to Wembley and I've been it's so fucking high up there yeah it's unbelievable <laughs> I, I saw it last season I was at a yeah. few games I obviously I wasn't there yesterday so um, um, or on Saturday should I say but uh, last season when I was at it walking through you know when you're walking to the cop yeah. you had to walk through or you walked around by that little side yeah, part yeah, of it yeah, yeah. and you were just looking up at it going yeah. Jesus Christ yeah, it's yeah. huge but no, it sounds um, beautiful that's that's good to hear because yeah. uh, I knew you were there, so yeah, obviously yeah, I wanted your your yeah. opinion on the, the yeah. The, and every look, the, everybody you could see. I mean, everybody was taking uh, pictures. Even the locals, even your hardcore locals, had their fa- like their photos, their, their cameras the, out. Like yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. It wasn't just a day and, trip. And the, and the and the game uh, itself. You yeah, know, it was uh, brilliant. Um, well impressed with the fact that Liverpool's pressure came in waves. Um, like you know against Arsenal we probably only really played well for about 20 minutes like really really yeah, well yeah, yeah. Top, but those, top level. those kind of uh, waves of pressure like that Leicester just could not like contain Liverpool yeah. came in waves probably about four or five waves of that throughout the game which was was really good like so it's, it's nice to know that they can um, absorb a little bit of pressure or just play around the back for a while now we look a little bit dodgy when we're doing that at the back I don't know what you, you kind of noticed they, they look still look very fragile like Lucas's thing is a, is an isolated incident but it just seems when they're stroking around the back where an accident about to happen mm. I, but, did, I, did, I didn't actually feel that way I, yeah. I looked at them trying to especially in the second half when they were really it's trying just, to stretch it's just, the lo- it's just the loose passes that it, 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 the Leicester of last season might have been nicked in a bit quicker. I get A you. bit quicker with on the press or whatever. Yeah. You know, like there was loose touches out there. And, yeah. You know, 10 and 15 yard balls made made a little bit um, more difficult, difficult than they, than they should have been. But then Leicester had their little spell where they they could have scored again. They hit the, they, they had the goal and they hit the, the top of the post and mm. in the second half they did a small. But then Liverpool just put pressure on again and... When, once they're coming forward and they're playing like that, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And just like James was saying, like for me, not for me, it was um, man of the match by by a good bit. There was lots of good performances out there, and another day there would have been man of the match performances. But for me, not for me, stood out like it's it's probably the the first time I was I've been blown away by him. Right, like blown away by him. Brilliant, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely yeah. quality yeah. Well, every... let, let's let's drill into a little bit more detail then um and we'll we'll move over to you Jamie um you know from from that point of view um let's start from the back as we often do um and let's look at Mignolet and and the back four what were your 
your feelings? Obviously, it was a last-minute change or close enough to last-minute change with Lovren suffering the injury to his eye. Uh, Lucas came in. Um, I suppose I'm not going to get hugely involved in the chat tonight because we've got four of us here. But for me, I thought Lucas actually had a good game <laughs> apart from mm. the mistake, which, yes, it was silly of him to make that mistake. But as has been pointed out by Howard Webb during the game and then by many others afterwards, the goal shouldn't have stood anyway because the player encroached in the box while the ball was still in the box from the keeper. So Lucas technically should have had a lot more time on the ball to recover from his mistake either way. Mm. Um, but other than that, I thought he had quite an assured game. Matchup, I, matchup was excellent again. Yeah, so. I, I actually like Lucas when he's slotted in at centre-back for us before. Um, I think the one thing that I really like about him is his passes from the back are really incisive and he actually plays through the lines of the opposition which means that we can get from defence into attack very very quickly if you look I think it was the second goal came from his pass into Firmino's feet who dropped deep um, the first goal Um, and then the two lads were spinning in behind for him to have the confidence, because he's so used to having his back to play, yeah. it's very rarely that he actually gets the ball, has the whole game in front of him, so he can actually pick more incisive passes. Mistake aside, which, to be honest, it, it was poor. Look, there's, yeah, it's, there's it's no two ways mistake. about it. It was yeah. poor. But at the same time, I think Min- Andy touched on it, Mignolet's passing from the back. I know he's instructed to play the ball short, but there has to be an element of choosing when to do that. For example, Mm. Lucas had two men closing him down when the ball was played to him. Yes, his touch should have been better. Ideally, he should have just hooked it out, Mm. but he shouldn't be putting him under that pressure. And a couple of times, the only times we had shaky moments came from Mignolet choosing to pass it when players were under a little bit of pressure. Um, but aside from the mistake, I thought he was excellent. I thought Matip was a class act. Um, I think he looks combative in the air. I think he looks good on the ball. He likes to come out with it. And he's just a calming influence across a defence that usually doesn't look very calm. Yeah. Um, and then just to touch on, on Milner, um, who I thought was, was excellent again. Um, I think Klopp has looked at those two key areas, defensive midfield and left back. And he said, OK, I can't get the players I want. So I'm going to look at the players we have and I'm going to look at the attributes those players have. If you look at James Milner or you look at what would you want from a left-back, you'd want somebody that's good on the ball, can read the game, is defensively sound and can get up and support and, and attack. James Milner can do every single one of those things. He just needs to get used to where he should be at certain times in the well, game. That'll take a couple of games. That's a coaching games. element. And it's yeah. easy to fix if you're a, cl- a smart player. And I, I think James Milner is and I, I think he was excellent again. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I just think the, the pleasing thing for me is, as Andy said there, we're never going to be able to play this high-tempo game consistently. But we did it in four or five waves and we're very, very clinical when we did it. Um, we looked a little bit ropey towards the end of the first half. But coming into the second, our game management was much better and we kept the ball for long periods of time. Um, so I actually thought we looked quite solid considering they had... Vardy up top, who's difficult to mark. Um, I don't think they've really put us into too much pressure um, other than the daft goal and the save from Mignolet. Mm. Um, so I, I thought we looked pretty solid at the yeah. back. Yeah, no, I, 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 would, I would definitely agree. And, and James, for you, um, did you see encouraging signs in the centre of the park? Um, because I suppose what I've felt over the last few games is that Henderson has probably been left a little bit exposed in a position that he's not very familiar with. Um, and he's growing into that position. And I think this was... For me, definitely his best game in that role. Um, but I think Wijnaldum also improved 
this game and, and gave him that extra little bit of cover. And, and the actual work rate from from Adam Lalana, both going forward and getting back, was was huge. Did you see? Did you see? I, I assume you were at the game. Did you see yeah. um, a, a, a marked improvement in that? I did. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that was you know, by far Jordan Henderson's best performance of the season. Um, you know, and I was, I was pleased for him because I think you know he. You know, obviously, you know he had such a, a such a tough season last season, and I was down at Melwood to do an interview with him last week, and uh, you know he was he was very honest really when he said you know he, he didn't feel like Liverpool's captain. He said for most of last season because you know he was so desperate to contribute, and I think it became a bit of a vicious circle as well really because I think he ended up coming back too soon a few times and and ended up playing when he wasn't fully fit and then not doing himself justice and then wanting to try and make up for it and, and it, you know and it was you know the injuries were getting worse and worse he wasn't able to contribute and he was in a, a pretty dark place and um yeah I must admit I've, I know I had my doubts whether whether he could play that number 6 role you know he he he, he spoke last week about how um he said that Klopp spent uh, you know a hell of a lot of time on the training ground with him talking him through it and and Bovac as well in terms of his positional play and telling him not to overcomplicate matters and to play to his strengths and it's you know it, it seems strange to me that Thomas to see him in that role initially this season because I've always associated Jordan Henderson as you know his strengths uh, you know he's such a good athlete you know the energy he gives you bursting through and and through lines and all the rest of it and so I, I wondered whether he could he could deliver in that in in that role but certainly. Saturday was a was a huge step forward for him. I, I thought he you know, he ran the game at times. He, his use of the ball was was great. He played you no, know, just you know his his range of passing um, kept Liverpool ticking over really well. Snapped into tackles and yeah, it did work better. I, st- I still, Wijnaldum probably I was less impressed by. I still I still think there's a lot more to come from him. Um, I think probably you know you, you obviously someone like Mane has, has set the place alight since he's joined the club. But still, I still think when Alden's still getting used to used to you know a new club, new teammates, and trying to find a, a real role in that in that side. But um, yeah, certainly you know I think when you consider that was an, that's an area of the park that a lot of fans have been very concerned about so far this season. Um, that you know, it it just functioned so much better, um, and 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 Lallana was 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 outstanding again, just just ahead of those two. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and I think. Um I suppose it's it's Henderson playing with with let, let, actually let, let's take a little bit of a sidestep because you've as you said there and, and it was something I was going to get to later in the pod you, you did actually go and interview uh, Jordan Henderson in the last week or so um, and and obviously you know you, you'll have come away from that with an impression um, of him of of where he's at at the moment and and his game on Saturday goes to show how he is learning and, and developing in that position. Like from from getting back and covering Lucas on a couple of occasions, um and just covering the defence in in general, to being able to you know, one of the things he was criticized was um or criticized for was was not being able to get the ball out from under his feet quick enough. But the speed at which he was able to turn the play and play that ball to Mane, I think it was, um, for our third goal. No, no, I'm talking about the the one the fourth, he, he the played fourth, that the fourth, the fourth was the fourth one. goal, wasn't yeah. it? He played yeah. the ball into Mane when he went around Schmeichel. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he uh, also played that looping ball over the top. He did for Sturridge. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and I'm just saying, you know, he he really showed the full range of of that role, and and that's probably we're talking about Wijnaldum. That's probably without his um his 
main midfield partner beside him, you, you would have to think that the idea was to play Henderson and, and Chan together. Um, but how, how did Henderson come across to you from, let's say mentally, you know what I mean? Did, did he look like he's, he's ready for the season ahead? He sounded like it in the interview, but, but how, did, how did you feel about it? Yeah, he was he was very upbeat, and you know I think I think it was it was just nice to see because there was a number of times when you know, I did interviews with him last season, and, and you knew just how much of a struggle it was. I, don't, I think you know probably I think fans probably didn't didn't really appreciate just how much pain and discomfort he, he was in. You know, you know he effectively had a lot of sleepless nights with the you know the the, the pain in his, his his heel. I think he you know he, he said it was akin to feeling like someone was shoving drawing pins into your heel over and over again and it was and it was a problem that Liverpool couldn't get to the bottom of it was no there was no quick fix and they spoke to I remember him doing an interview where he, he talked about you know he'd even he'd even spoken to people at the Royal Ballet because you know it was something that, that ballet dancers have issues with their heels and anything you know scoured the world looking for answers and you know in the end he had a lot of pain-killing injections just to just to try and get him through it, and you know, it was in the end, it was a case of waiting effectively for the the band. I think plaster fasciitis is the the kind of medical term for what he had, but the band on the bottom of his foot eventually ruptured, um, which I think happened. I think, I think it was a Sunderland game in over over the Christmas period, and it was it was something that dogged him again in the second half of the season. Then obviously he had the knee injury as well, so it was. I think you know he, he said that now. You know that heel problem is a hundred percent gone. He said absolutely no discomfort whatsoever. Um, and it, yeah, he was he was in a he's in a good place. And it, Jordan Henderson is one of those footballers. That I think fans, you know, a section of fans will, will still question, um, you know, his credentials and all the rest of it. I think he knows that, you know, it, it's an ongoing battle to to prove you belong at Liverpool. And I don't think that's going to change for him anytime soon. You know, having the armband. Just increases that spotlight on him, but you know he, this is a player who's you know continually proved you know that he can you know triumph against the odds if you if you like because you know he had a really you know you think of that horrendous first season he had at the club to, to, you know and then obviously Brendan Rodgers was prepared to to flog him to Fulham in, in part exchange for Clint Dempsey and you know if he wanted the easy way out he could have taken it then. Uh, he didn't, um, and then you know, obviously, then with, with Rogers, then moving on, you know, he had a lot to prove to Klopp, but he's he's done that, and um, you know, again earlier on in the summer, there was some talk about would Klopp change the captaincy, um, and he hasn't. You know, he he was. I asked Klopp about Henderson's role a, a couple of weeks ago, and he was he was absolutely adamant that, that he's the right man to lead the club, and he's he's the right man to to play centre midfield, and. Um, yeah, I think it was it was just a positive day all round for for Henderson. Because, did you, did you uh, did you see the bit where Klopp uh, Henderson absolutely smashed somebody with tackling? And Klopp, it was like we were after scoring a goal. Klopp absolutely was <laughs> up and jumping around the place at him, absolutely planting somebody. It was great to see. Um, Jamie, sorry, you wanted to jump in and ask uh, James something. Yeah, there was a, no, but it was just to, to follow on from what James said. Actually, there was a couple of things that impressed me about Henderson um, in the last couple of weeks. And first of all, um, it was if you if you hear the way he spoke to James, he actually spoke with authority. Authority. And that's the first time for a long time I've actually heard him speak like that. He was speaking like a captain, like he believed he should be mm. captain. And I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, he's now playing injury free. 
Um, he had a poor game against Burnley um, where he's learning a new position. And you touched on it there, Steve-O. He, it's a very different concept playing that deeper role but, because, for a number of reasons. Um, and he was taking too much time on the ball. He was getting closed down. He wasn't passing forwards and he was slowing play a lot. The pleasing thing for me was, if you look at the following game, he was moving the ball so much quicker against Spurs. Yeah. His head yeah. was up. It was on a swivel. He was incisive in his passing. He dominated a midfield that contained a Wanyama figure who is cited as one of the best central midfielders in the league to, you know, to many. Um, he was really impressive. And then he's kicked on again. So what, he's, what that shows to me is he's able to take instruction and, and learn and grow from it. And he's now playing as if that's his midfield. He he dominated that game. He set the tempo. He was aggressive. Um, he was the sort of fulcrum to everything we did that was good. Um, and and just to echo what James said, I, I actually do think he is the, the right man for the job. Um, I actually started to think, watching the game, could he do that role for us on a longer term and would they be prepared to let Emery Chan off the leash a little bit more and maybe have Chan play as the eight, if you will, because the one thing that it comes clear to me is Henderson's finishing is absolutely terrible. <laughs> um, and this way, I think you restrict Emery sometimes if you play him in front of that back four because he does want to burst forward. He does want to contribute more. Could you be looking at longer term, playing Henderson in that role, keep things neat and tidy and let Emery really shine? I think it's going to come down to basically who's, who's, show, who's shown with the, the most kind of goals. Like, you mm -hmm. know, and Henderson's chance he missed was just... <laughs> It wasn't great. He tried to, uh, he, yeah, I, mean, he did I just, would still he think that Henderson's miss, finishing is better than Chan's. Yeah, like well, you, you have to see some. Henderson scored loads he of goals. He scored some yeah. absolute crackers. Yeah, he's got on the end of plenty, plenty of uh, you know goals. But um, yeah. and I want to missed, see him skip. He missed twice. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> he missed twice. He missed yeah. a goal by by two lengths. <laughs> you know, uh, had there uh, been a goal stacked on top yeah, of the goal, yeah, he'd, he'd still missed that. He'd still missed. And I think Henderson normally does a little bit better in that position, but. And saying that he still got there, yeah, that's mm -hmm. what we want. Well, we want bodies getting forward, and he's in, he was in such space at the edge of the box. Um, you yeah, know, that so. was one thing about the midfield is there were so times. many runners. Yeah. Yeah. Like you look at uh, when Alden, and I, and I agree with what the lads have said. I, I don't think he was great. I think he was better than what he was. Yeah. But the thing for me that really sh shone out is every time we had an attack, he was busting. A yeah. gut to to get in behind them, and we at times we had three, four, four runners getting into the box, and Leicester they didn't know who to pick up. Yeah, it was yeah. like a swarm. Yeah, well, and when it did get cleared, there was always someone mopping up. Like we were forced to clearances, mm. you know. So Klein was solid fans forward, and Milner, and not like not recklessly, but they were there to pick mm. up balls. They and were keep in the position. position. Yeah, they were yeah, in the right and, spaces um, too. Well, when Alan didn't impress me, but he was a body in there and he was a significant body in there. He's got a lot of energy. Yeah, strong. He, he played, you know, I, I think he was clever in how he played the pass for Lalana's goal. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't bowled me over in there, but I don't know if listen, none of us know whether that's what where he was bought to play. Mm -hmm. I think he might just be doing a job there whilst Emery Chan is out. And yeah. and you were talking about maybe him, let's call it the six and the eight, you know, Chan is a little bit more further forward. It might just be a case where boy, we have two players yeah, capable of doing they both go jobs when they want. And, yeah, and, yeah. and they're able to commute and wouldn't that be absolutely they're perfect? Di they're and, different you know? players, but they, they play the same. 
role almost. They're both they're capable box of to box, yeah. and they both have a bit of a pass about them. And you know, they're, yeah, they're no, similar, absolutely similar I, but different. I think, in I think ways. yeah, from from that point of view. And and listen, let's move a little bit further forward. For me, yet again, and, and I used to sit here week on week and give out shit about this man, but Adam Lallana was absolutely superb again. Quality, yeah. yeah, he really. I'm like, trying he, not to feel smug. The, uh, I've kind of batted, you know, I've been in yeah. Team Adam Lallana for, for a while, but uh, he's been superb, like an absolute yeah, revelation. Yeah. It's just nice to see him getting the credit that he deserves. Well, so. listen, as with any player, if you're wrong, uh, sorry, as, as with any fan, if you're wrong about a player, you, you, you have to up. hold your hands up. And I don't think it was anybody that was giving him a bit of stick. I don't think it's that they were wrong. Mm. I think at the time he wasn't playing anywhere mm. near the level that he's currently playing. Mm. But if you're still finding fault with his game, then... I yeah. think it was more that they were writing him off as a Liverpool player. And we've seen it time and time again. And James said it there. It, you know, it takes a while for certain players to acclimatise for playing, uh, you know, to, for a big club. Lover and Lallana, the likes. Um, Firmino, you know, he's he hasn't looked great in the past. He's drifted in and out. He's got undoubted quality, but it, he wasn't showing it too consistently whereas now all of the players like Roberto Firmino and Adam Lallana have been miles ahead of everyone mm. in our side the two yeah. of them have been excellent mm. and um, his strike his strike was absolutely yeah, yeah it, it was, was quality perfect like he, he probably gets a little bit of stick for not putting his foot through the ball enough mm. you know is sometimes is he can, he can have a little bit of a weak shot and it can just be a little bit of a letdown but he absolutely just he's taken that whole Cruyff turn to another level like I know people used to say <laughs> oh, he just does Cruyff turns in, in space like you know where he yeah. doesn't need to do anything but it's his way he feels comfortable taking the ball yeah mm. it's unbelievable and there's nobody there's nobody else playing football out there that that actually does these movements. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Like balls dropping out of uh, out of sky, and his instinct is to kind of take this backward touch. Yeah, and it gets him. It gets him free. Mm. Yeah, so it does. Often. It turns him away and from it's his way. Yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, and yeah. So like he, especially since Klopp has come in, um, he's he's plays continue to play the way he plays, but he's starting to contribute more. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead on on the agenda here, but I think it's. If you're looking at who plays in the middle now... <laughs> sorry, you're sorry. suggesting we have an agenda for some reason. <laughs> that would require How very silly of you. <laughs> Go uh, ahead. But if you to look at you know the, the side moving forward, and, and James said before there about Coutinho didn't even play. Yeah. Um, I actually feel Coutinho is better in the, in the midfield three than he is in the front three, but mm. you can't take that shirt away from Adam Lallana now. No, no. We, you know, so to, to have these options now is something we mm. haven't been used to. Well, it's, uh, so before, like, Coutinho is... Is a, a luxury player, and mm. if Sturridge is going to play in the team, he's quite a luxury player as well. You and said I that know, a couple of I know weeks very, ago. You can't I know it's really probably harsh to, to call Coutinho and Sturridge passengers, but that's what they are sometimes. Mm. Yeah. They don't contribute constantly in a game. Like, say, comparing Firmino and Coutinho, like for me, Firmino is just constantly contributing to the game, yeah. whereas Coutinho is totally, you know, out of the game. At times, but Every it carries game a he serious, one in the serious corner, threat, yeah. and he yeah. win games for you. So, can you can you picture Klopp in an important game playing both storage and Coutinho? Because it takes a not, lot away not from with the, not necessarily with the options we have. Because as yeah. you said, you, well, not with Lallana, not with Lallana doing so much, with Firmino doing so much, with Mane working so hard. Well, there's no place for. Mane, Firmino, Coutinho, yeah. Lalana, and Sturridge in the side. That's just, yeah. you know what I mean? You're just getting into a point whereby you have too many attacking players. Um, you're right about Mane is just not getting dropped. You're yeah. right about Firmino being involved. Lalana is exceptional. But to me, and we'll jump ahead because I wanted to talk about Firmino and, and uh, Mane, but for me, Daniel Sturridge 
had the game that everybody was waiting for him to have. Yeah. And and I, I bring you in here, James. Um, you know, for, it just seemed as though everybody's been crying out for him to just show us that he could do this again and, and come back in and, and, and make an impact. And that's exactly what he did on Saturday. Yeah, he, he certainly did. I'd go along with that. I think... Um... You know, I think he looked like a man with a bit of a point to prove because um, you know, he, he was certainly wounded before the international break by being left out. You know, down at down at Tottenham, I'd, I spoke to him after that uh, the, the League Cup tie at Burton when he when he obviously came out with the quotes about you know I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm happy to be playing out wide. You know, everyone knows I'm best through the middle and all the rest of it. And it it was you know I, I actually thought probably those comments were blown out of proportion a little bit in terms of you know, it was it was actually quite refreshing to be a player just be honest yeah. and, uh, rather than, you know, just spout some cliche about I'll, I'll play, I'm, I'm happy to be anywhere for the team. Um, but you know, he, he also seemed, you know, his, his body language wasn't great that night when you, you think of someone who'd come on and scored a couple of goals and, you know, he, you know and, you, and you just thought, he didn't look like he was in a great place, but he was, that was a very different Daniel Sturridge at Anfield on Saturday. I thought, um, you know, obviously, yes, he was playing through the middle in the, in the role that he favours, but I think he answered, you know, a lot of the things, probably not only the supporters have been asking, but probably Klopp himself, because, you know, it's no coincidence that when Liverpool go away, have, have gone away to the, some of, you know, the, the bigger games, if you like, you know, Chelsea and Arsenal away and Tottenham away, that, that story, quite often it's been, Firmino has been that, you know, that, that number nine, because of the way that he sets the tone with, with the shift that he puts in and, and you know the, the way that he, he that he works and and everything you know he's the focal point of the attack and everything goes from there and you know I think I think people have almost you know were suggesting that you know storage is is just you know a bit of a luxury um, that will, yeah will score you if it's fair fair share fair share of goals but you know I think he had to prove that he can he can fit the the clock blueprint I think you know that's still an ongoing. Thing, but I think that was a big step forward for him at the weekend because, like I said, you know it wasn't just you know the, the assist for Mane is just absolutely top class. You know I think if if Messi does that, you know you, it's it's shown every three minutes on Sky Sports News all week. But the I think he you know it was what, what impressed me most was the fact him doing what people question whether Daniel Sturridge can do or not, and that is absolutely working his socks off for the team, tracking back. You know, very unselfish as well with some of his movement, creating space for other players. I think, I think he was involved in you know creating the opening for Firmino for the opening goal. Um, yeah, it was it was just a, a really positive performance, and you know, he, he came through the mix zone where we get interviews afterwards, and he uh, he looked like a very different man compared to the one I saw at Burton a few weeks before. Yeah, yeah, James, uh, it's Andy here. What do you think? I mean. The game he had at the weekend, it was kind of like the compromise that him and Klopp need to find, like for in order yeah. for them to have a relationship in the future, in order for them to stay at the club, in order for Klopp to feel he's he's useful to his his system and setup. And like you say, storage kind of looked a lot happier. Do you think that's something that could be permanent now? I certainly hope so. Yeah, I mean, it was. You know, I think I think that's the thing. You, I'm sure Klopp will have said to storage, you know that. You know that that is what we need to see from you every time. You know it can't that can't just be a a one off. You know that you know, you know he. I'm sure I'm sure when they review the footage and go through everything, like like they do, that you know Klopp will will be. You know if he hasn't picked up on everything the first time around, he'll be he'll be absolutely delighted with with the, with with what what Sturridge gave him. Um, but yeah, he has to. I think that's 
where Sturridge is at at the moment is, you know, I think the reason why he was left out down at Tottenham is Klopp very much sees it as like a, a horses for courses approach and different players suiting different needs depending on the opposition and, you know, but you know, Sturridge has, you know, he has to prove to Klopp that, that, that he can be the man for well for Chelsea away. I think that's that's going to be the fascinating thing this Friday night. Does Sturridge keep his place because you know, that that is the kind of game where where he. You know he has been overlooked, and you know he, you know you you, you wouldn't it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Coutinho could come back in for him, and he mm. and he goes with Firmino through the middle again. But you know I, I think Sturridge has, has staked a very strong claim to to keep his place on the back of the weekend. Yeah, he certainly has. I think um I think Firmino almost played the centre forward position the weekend, and Sturridge was more like the the link up player. You know, so I, I think for me, with the, the one thing I noticed about Sturridge is he actually seemed to run freely again for the first, like I haven't seen him really let loose and sprint after something, run beyond. Yeah. And there was a couple of times in that game where he really burst away with pace. And I think Michael Owen touched on it after the game as somebody with pace and who had suffered from muscular injuries. Mm. Sometimes you you hide a little bit. Sometimes you don't want that ball. You don't want to burst, uh, you know, a burst of pace because you worry of something popping or going. Mm. Whereas for the first time, there was not only unselfish running, but there was also powerful and pacey running, mm. which I haven't seen that from Daniel Sturridge in, in, in quite a while. So that for me um, was one of the one of the most pleasing things. I still fear that it's not fear, but you know Sturridge is one of my favourite players. But I still think Firmino <clears throat> is Klopp's go-to. I think he I think he needs to to feel he can trust Sturridge, trust mm. Sturridge in the big games. Whereas Firmino has delivered on these big games. He's you know he's he's not let him down. Um, so I, I think Friday will be telling. Um, I, as James rightly said there, I wouldn't be surprised to see p- potentially Coutinho come back in and Firmino be the number nine. Um, but I'm really interested to see what Klopp does uh, because I think this is the first time that Sturridge has genuinely sort of staked a claim to, to own that shirt. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting yeah. to see what he for, does. For me, I think having watched Chelsea yesterday and having watched us play on Saturday, and obviously it's no you know way of guaranteeing that it'll work out that way, but I wouldn't be changing that from four. Personally, yeah. you know, I would I would let Coutinho sit it out, and you know what, Coutinho has been good in glimpse. This is the first time that maybe Coutinho's place in the side is under threat mm-hmm. in the last three seasons, and that's not a bad thing either. Yeah, for I th- him. well, I think for confidence as well, you know, Klopp, Klopp is saying to the players when you get your opportunity, you know, keep the mm-hmm. shirt, and there's not a single player on that pitch you know, on Saturday yeah. that deserves to lose their shirt. Right. And and what message does that send them as well, that Coutinho, arguably your most talented player, can't find himself back back in the side. So I think if he's if he's to stay true to his word, I I think we go with the same we go with the same eleven. Lucas? Yeah. At centre back. Yeah. Oh I, I like Lucas. Um I don't know. That's a tough one. With the, with I, the I, physical I, presence of Costa, it might make more sense to bring Lovren in yeah. alongside Matip. Yeah, and I, I think what what he's looked for is partnerships. We've been very, you know, we haven't been able to to, to feel the consistent partnership, you know, throughout the spine mm. of our team for a while. I, and I think he's made it quite clear that he sees that partnership as as Lovren and Matip. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I would I would think at his first opportunity, he'll probably bring Lovren back in to get them sort of uh, kicking on and, and, and forming that bond. You know, yeah. Carius. 
Carries now. He's, be- he's a beautiful man, lads. He, he is a beautiful man. I always say this every time, but uh, <laughs> as soon as we can get him back in his big Goldilocks, I think, you know, the better. Listen, he better be good because, you know, picture 12 months down the line and he's still on Twitter, like taking a. Selfies with Jose his dog. Enrique style selfies <laughs> and he can't get in the team. Yeah. <laughs> and he's dropping balls left, right, and centre. Like it's not gonna it's not gonna ball well for him. No, fair enough, fair enough. Um so listen then, you know, I, I suppose we last but not least is Manny, you know, and, and and you know, I don't think we need to spend too long because he was just sensational. And I don't think you're gonna find anybody that's gonna disagree with that. Um his 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 turn of pace is it's just blown me away. I knew he was quick. And during pre-season, I saw how quick he was and the players were talking about how much that was going to give them as, as an outball. But f- somebody said it today. I, I, I don't know whether it was you, James, or somebody that I read was talking about not just his from a standing start, but also his ability to change pace both with and without the ball mm. is incredible. And it really is. The more you see that, the more you realise it's a huge, huge asset for us. And I think that actually, in a sense, having the pace that he has will help storage as well mm. because it does occupy a lot of the problem for me was that we had relatively slow players playing in the forward uh, more advanced positions alongside Daniel Sturridge and that allowed two centre halves to spend their time concentrating on him and, and it made it very difficult for him now Mane is able to break those lines between a full back and a centre half which means the centre half's occupied by him leaving Sturridge with a little bit more space to, to, to get in and, and cause damage yeah, it was a bit like when we had Suarez. Yeah. He occupied so many defenders that Sterling and Sturridge really, really benefit from it. And yeah. suppose at the same by the same account, Lalana got into space yeah. and Henderson got into space for his chance. And it was all because there's too many players for the opposition defence to look, to worry about now. Yeah, yeah you can well, really see the 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 sort of Klopp style coming through and how we play when we win that ball back. Everyone just just runs just, yeah. they literally just run just dead fast charge, just run it? dead fast yeah. and you're thinking shit it's like the Alamo you know just like yeah. four or five <laughs> people <laughs> going <laughs> and it gets you off your seat you're like we are we, you know in flashes we are brilliant yeah. we yeah. really are we can just shore up at the back I think Marnie I, I, this is probably the one time have you ever seen a player look like they belong and, and sort of settle in so quickly from mm. the first game he was just like give me the ball yeah. I belong here. This is my team. Yeah. And, you know, we're a fickle bunch, Liverpool fans. And mm. for f- to go from, why are we paying 30 million to Mane, to, oh shit, Mane's injured, what are we going to do? Within about two games. One game, was it? Yeah, it was after the Arsenal Shows match. the impact it, um, he has. And I think we're yet to see the full impact because I think he's going to be the player when we have these teams that sit in deep. You know, I, I think he's going to be able to to create, to spark, to drag people out mm. of position, to to help us. And I think it was glaringly obvious when we played Burnley that he was such a massive miss for yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to the uh, Chelsea game then, James. How do you see us lining up, and, and what would your prediction be? Yeah, well, I think uh, personally, I think Mignolet. I think he will keep his place, and I, I, I think that's I think that's probably the right call. I think uh, PPP obviously argue the the case either way but you know, i i didn't think i didn't think he did much wrong at all on the weekend i thought the the, the, the save he made from vardy just i think it was seconds after klopp had, had scolded the cop for for chanting his name um was a, was a big moment because i think if liverpool conceded then it, it could have got very nervy 
Um, obviously, he came for that long throw and missed it just before half time and had the let off when Hood said to hit the bar. But you know, by and large, I thought he commanded his box really well. And of, of course, Carrius is waiting in the wings. But you know, I, 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 I think you know, Mignolet has had a, a solid enough opening month of the season. Um, I think maybe maybe that League Cup tie at Derby will be the first time we see Carriers, and then I think Klopp will have a big decision to make. Um, you know, I, I think you know there's a real kind of excitement. I think about Carriers, um, and you know, and from you know, the I ladies. Think a lot of it is, I think, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think I think obviously a lot of it is justified in terms of you know, he, he was rated as one of the top young keepers in the Bundesliga, but you know, I think I, I don't really quite understand this the kind of fervor to to chuck him straight in and. And send Mignolet packing because you know, he's, he's he's still a he's still a, a, a young goalkeeper, Carrius, and um, you know I, I I don't think I'd be chucking him into Chelsea away for his his his, uh, his Liverpool debut. He, I think he, he could end up back. having a Joe Hart. Yes, yes, yeah. I just think I, I just don't think that's a change that the Klopp has to make at the moment. And as the guy said before, I think Lovren will come back in. Um, Obviously, he had a, a, a hell of a shiner from the collision in training on Friday, but he he should be back and fit for, for Friday night. So I'd expect him to line up against alongside Matip, which is, is clearly the kind of first choice centre back combination for for, uh, for Klopp. And I thought there was really promising signs in the two games they played together previously. Um, and then, yeah, I think the rest of the team almost picks itself. I don't I don't think I'd rush Emre Chan back either. Um, I think he. He is. He was due back to start full training at the start of this week. So, again, you know, probably only would have had four or five days under his belt. I think he'd probably be on the bench. Um, and then, yeah, as the guy said before, the big one is: do you change that front four? You know, personally, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably keep it as it was. Um, and then you've got Coutinho as a wonderful option to, to bring off the bench if needs be. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm sorry. It's hard hard to argue with that. Yeah, Klopp has his guessing a lot these days, which is quite good. I mean, there was a time under Rogers where the script was written, you know, all On week. a Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find that James does, uh, is it kind of, is he running a bit of a tighter ship about what he's kind of telling the media or what he's telling people than kind of back in Rogers' time? Yeah, certainly, yeah. Yeah, I think he's... Um yeah, but I think he's probably say more more guarded. I think it's just different in it's probably not not just in terms of the two individuals, but just you know I think I think less probably gets out more uh, sorry less gets out these days compared to under the previous regime. Full stop. And that's not because Rogers would would always give a, a lot a load of information and Klopp doesn't. But I just think in in terms of you know obviously. That there aren't those relationships with members of Klopp's backroom staff, for example, where maybe maybe previously that that kind of information got out. I think it was well known under Rogers that you know the team was uh, was always circulating on social media 24 hours at least before before every game, and you know that that's happening a lot less often um, these days. But uh, but no, he's, he's he is he is great value, Klopp. I think. Uh, it was it was funny. He was we did an interview, just a brief interview with him and Tom Werner and Mike Gordon at the the main stand unveiling on on Friday. And uh, he, um, he he just kind of he, someone asked him something about you know whether there was pressure to deliver on the field now that the club had taken a step forward off it. And he he just looked up at that stand and 
shook his head and just said, uh, I am a lucky bastard. I don't think Werder and Gordon knew what to do. He's a football fan, they, isn't he? They'd all, donned, they'd all donned their finest suits for the occasion and he had his, his jeans and trainers on. Yeah. He really is one of a kind. Yeah, he's a football fan first and foremost and you kind of see the way he goes on on the, um, on the sidelines. Like, I'd be fascinated by just watching him and his every move and his every action it's, it's kind of like it's kind of it, I kind of like feel like you know you're going to cry again you, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know when you're at home watching a game and you just can't sit yeah. down and you're jumping around like he's he's feeling if he has he's that feeling impact like a on fan. us through the yeah. telly or the, watching yeah, the game can you imagine what he does to his players what he does to yeah. his players absolutely yeah. so, so James in terms of a prediction for, for the Chelsea game what do you reckon? Goodness me, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I think, well, I mean, I think, I think, I think the way the Liverpool are playing at the moment, it, I, I, I can't see it being particularly cagey. I think, I think we'll do some damage to them, and I think, I, I, I don't think we'll, I can't see us going there and keeping a clean sheet. I, but I, you know, I'm having watched Chelsea yesterday and seen, you know, I know, I know, obviously, they, you know, a big decision went against them, but they, they did look vulnerable at times when Swansea. Finally, had a go in the second half. Um, so yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd go. I'd go there with a lot of optimism. You know, I'd, I, th- I think it's a game Liverpool can win. Um, you know, I think you know you look at you look at the way they've played away at Arsenal, the way it's popped them so far. There will certainly be some you no know, reason for them to, to fear anything. Um, so yeah, I, I can I can see it. I can see it being like a, a two-one or a three-one win. Okay, good okay. man, James. Jamie. Um, I, I kind of agree with James. Actually, um, I think the, I think the thing that fills me with the most optimism is you, if you actually look at the the games where Klopp's been manager against the top sides, we've actually got a really good record. Um, I I think John Terry's out. Is he? They don't know yet. I, I think. I don't uh, think it's looking good for him anyway. Um, I think that will help. Um, I, I, yeah, I, to be honest, I'm, I'm I'm really confident. I think the question is, can we keep a shutout uh, rather than can we score? I'd be very, very confident um, in the way that we were set up the other day that we're going to get lots of chances, um, and I think we've got the players to take those chances. Is it you know can we can we stop them scoring? Um, so as James said there, I'd probably go for a uh, a two-one win to Liverpool. Andy, yeah, um, Andy, sorry. Yeah, it's interesting. Like like Jamie says, we we shouldn't be fearing anything. If you look at the season so far, the performance against Arsenal was top class. Against Spurs was top class. Away from home, like we should have should have probably won. Um, had we played Burnley at home, like we should have been playing Burnley at home. Like I think we might be sitting near enough top of the table. Mm. You know, so and they they've they've had that game in the um, whatever you call that cup now. Where they won five 0 so they've been impressive. And again, like after that week, after that performance at the weekend, you can't not feel um, confident and that this this football team can do great things. Like you know, so coming up against Chelsea, who who've who've been a bit scrappy and scraped wins and scraped results, they're unlucky not to be beaten there at the weekend. Like you know, it was a draw. So yeah, I think we can go there and um, come away. Obviously, you can kind of concede because that's what we do. 3 2 to Liverpool? Yeah. 3 2, yeah. You've replicated what I was going to yeah, go for. Yeah. I can, I can but see. You always say 3 2. No, I say no, I normally say 3 1. <laughs> oh, yeah. Today I'm switching it to 3 2. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, no, I think, I think like that. I think Chelsea have the ability to do damage. Hazard was fairly poor yesterday, but, um, you know, he without doubt, there's quality there with him. Costa looks 
properly uh, bang on yeah, form again. <laughs> yeah, he does, he yeah. does, and I think he can do damage. It'll be interesting now to see how Matip handles Costa. That's actually what mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah. Um, but I think Courtois has looked a little bit edgy. He seems like yeah. a keeper to me who's gone backwards rather than uh, improved massively in that time. And um, I think I think we have the ability to score. So I'm going to say 3-2 win. So, uh, yeah, listen, we're, we're all very positive about that. That's, that's I think if you to just a touch, if you look at the fixture list, once we've got this game out the way, we've, we've got a run of winnable, what you would class on mm. paper as winnable games. Yeah. And we've navigated through some pretty choppy waters. Well, that's, there, mm. there's some, there are three very, very tough away ties. In mm. the, that's Arsenal away, Spurs away, and yeah. Chelsea away in the first five games. And the champions the at home as well. Yeah, and champions yeah. at yeah. home and, and annihilated them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. If you can avoid... avoid defeat there on Friday night like you know puts Liverpool in a really strong position after a difficult start yeah very no, difficult absolutely. start okay um, James I, I just want to touch on a couple of other things because obviously in the last couple of weeks um, there's been a lot of stuff happening and I know we were hoping to have you on over the last few weeks we've been trying to arrange it so there's a couple of things I want to um, to, to touch on um, one of them actually was your you, you met with uh, Alex Inglethorpe um, yeah. recently enough and I was interested in him talking about how the youth setup is is linked in with the with the you know sort of main uh, first team at the moment and and one of the big focus or focal points were or was was you talking about Kevin Stewart and just how far this guy has come and obviously it's a player that Inglethorpe knows very well from his time at Spurs um, and. It was Spurs, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I threw myself off there for a second. But yeah, from <laughs> from from, uh, from his time at Spurs, and and he brought him to the club as a right back, and immediately moved him into the middle of the park. I think that was probably one of the factors in getting him to Liverpool, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah. He was. It's. I think it's it's, it's a great story with Kevin Stewart. I think it's. Um, you know, it's, it's, he's been a bit of a late developer, really. And you think you know Alex Inglethorpe, kind of obviously knew him for me. He was, he was part of his youth team. Um, at, at Tottenham, and he was he was saying about how he was he was either a, I think he was a, a right back or a, a centre half there. He, he said even though he said he said you know he, he always had the attributes to play centre midfield. He said you know with the with the competition they had in that department, he didn't really get a look in. Um, and then you know once 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 he heard he was getting released, he, he was he was straight in for him. And uh, you know he's, he's he's just had a he's had an amazing rise when you think this time last year. Kevin Stewart was was on loan at Swindon in, in League One, and you know I think it was back end of September when he got a bad knee injury and didn't kick a ball for nearly four months. Um, and then you know obviously circumstances played into his hands in terms of the injuries Liverpool then had, and club obviously recalling him and 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 giving that that chance to Exeter in the FA Cup. But he, he's one that's, that's really pushed on and. I think I think when we came on on Saturday, I think that's, that's probably four of the first five games. I think he's been involved in mm. uh, to, to some degree, and um, you know, he, he's really earned Klopp's trust. And you know, I think the, the, the best thing speaking to Ingle talk about him was he, he was he was saying that he's just such a down to earth kid. I mean, even though he's he's Enfield born, um, he's he's a boyhood Liverpool fan, and he, he said you know, he came to Liverpool for, for very very little money in terms of wages initially. Um, you know he could have earned more money, but by if, if he accepted the chance to to go to a you know a, a League One or a Championship club where he probably would have gone straight into the team, but you know he was told that you know you're going to have to start the academy, you're going to have to work your way up, and he and he took on that challenge, and you know he was rewarded with a new contract, I think back in February March time this year, um, and he, there's just no airs and graces to him. He said you know he's he's always 
you know, he, he said that when he was at the academy, he was the he was the first kid in every single morning, and and the last kid to leave every single afternoon. Just completely devoted to his profession, he said. You know, he's still he said he's still driving the same old car that he that he had when he first <laughs> came up, um, despite despite the new contract. And he said, you know, that's that's just the kind of the lad he is. And you know, I've, I've spoken to him a few times, and he's he's quite quiet and unassuming and. You know, he's 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 not one who's going to be shouting from the rooftops and doesn't want a high profile and all the rest of it. But it's um, you know the, the fact that he has established himself in, in the first team squad under Klopp is, is is testament to the the progress that he's made. And it was it was good to get into the academy actually because um, really positive times for the place. I think you know I think they appreciate that obviously this season's going to be more difficult to get players through just because of the, the lack of game time with no Europe, but. You know, there, there is a buzz around the place because the kids can see that pathway through to, to Melwood under Klopp, and and there's some really great kids as well. I think you know anyone who's who's watched the under 23 so far this season, you know, you, you think of Ben Woodburn and Ovi Ajaria and Trent Alexander-Arnold. You know, there's there's three there who impressed everyone when they stepped up to the first team in pre-season, and you know, and I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we don't see at least one of those, you know, playing playing under Klopp at some point this season. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was actually just going to ask you that about um, you know did Inglethorpe give any impression of who he saw maybe as the next one? Because let's take it that Stewart has actually established himself as part of the first team squad, albeit not a first team player yet. He's probably getting that extra game time because Emery Chan is is out injured at the moment. But you know there there was a meltdown during the summer. We didn't sign a DM. We didn't sign a left back. And one of the things you've touched on and something that I've said here as well, some, some of our own lads were really annoyed at the fact that those players weren't signed. But for yeah. me, for me, and, and from reading your stuff there um, in, in preparation for, for tonight, um, you seem to have the same opinion that Klopp seems to just want to wait until he has the right person. And if he doesn't have the right person to come in, he's not going to go and spend money, which we've done so many times in the past. Yeah. Um, on the wrong person or, or somebody that's just a stopgap. He'd rather work with what he has yeah. until the right person is available. Um, does Inglethorpe see two or three more during this season maybe coming in? Um, the likes of Alexander-Arnold, who who apparently yesterday was sensational um, at right back um, in, in the in the win that they had. Um, has, he, has he mentioned to you a couple of others that maybe he sees as the next ones to take that step up? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting as well. There was something Klopp said actually last week that was kind of tied to that. And he, I asked him about you know the, the scale of movement they did in the transfer window, obviously with 13 players leaving permanently and, and six coming in. And he, he said he said that, he said that there won't be another window as busy as this. He said, but he said we needed to move on a lot of those fringe players to, to make sure that there was room for our young players to develop. And he said he said you know he he basically said that a few players had been moved on over the summer. Because he'd been so impressed by the by the young kids coming through, um, and those those three we mentioned before all fit into that category. I mean, yeah. Woodburn. It's interesting because I must admit it was probably about two years ago now. Um, I was down at the academy speaking to a, a senior member of staff there then, and I, and I said, "Come on then, you know, give me give me one name of, of any of the two hundred kids that are here. Who, you know, if you had to put your mortgage on it, who, who would be the player that you know not just makes a debut, but." becomes a proper bona fide Liverpool player for, for for years to come, and and the, the guy then said Ben Woodburn, and he would have only been what probably fourteen. At fourteen, the time. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it was just one of them ones you, you just logged the logged the name, and because you know, it's, it's obviously they, they 
they're very protected, as not surprisingly, I think, you know, below the, the, the 16s and under yeah. don't really, there's no real publicity or anything or coverage of their games or anything. So, yeah, rightly so, but really, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's, but yeah, there's there's huge excitement about Woodburn. I mean, obviously, they're, they're, they're desperate to, to try and keep it under wraps. There was, there was no chance of doing any interviews with him over the summer after games and um, but he's, he's. I think he's the one. Like, I think what blew me away about him in the summer, we saw him live probably three or four times in the first team friendlies. Is with, with kids his age, you usually see like potential, but it's very raw. But he's just not remotely raw. I think you know he, he, his decision making is so good, and he's quick and he's strong. And even that, you know, I think that under twenty threes game I was down at the Emirates the day before the, the Tottenham game a couple of weeks ago, and. I can't remember the name, the, the name of the right back he was up against. Played thirty odd games for Ipswich in the Championship on loan last season, and he and he absolutely te- tormented him all night. Um, so yeah, Woodburn's the big one. I mean, Ijari is an interesting one because yeah. you know I think last season when I watched him play for the in the FA Youth Cup and and a few other games, I, I was never particularly impressed to be honest. And the you know, he kind of fitted in and out of games, and he just seemed to, you know, it seemed to pass him by a fair bit. But he's he, he's kicked on massively this year, and it was interesting speaking to Klopp. Actually, he said that he said the big moment for Ajaria, he said, was actually that warm weather training camp they had. I think it was in Tenerife back in March time when when Klopp took away. Pretty, I think it was. It was internationals on or something, wasn't there yeah, at the time? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Ajaria was essentially included to make up the numbers because he was he was short on first team squad players <laughs> and, and Klopp said you know that was that it was during that week where he was like hang on a minute who, who's this who's this kid here and he, he was he, on the back of that he spent a lot more time at Melwood um and you know and he he has improved massively over the over the, the course of this year and 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 the same goes for Alexander Arnold I think you know Klopp not buying another fullback was part of that is to do with Trent Alexander Arnold because you know, he he Klopp rate, rates him very very highly. I think I think you know he, he basically said you know the only thing that, that he's lacking is is physicality. You know I think they just need to get him on the stakes and, and bulk him up a little bit because he, um, he he's got everything else. You know, I think I think he uh, you know I think I think he will get an opportunity. I think I think I think he would probably be if I was. If I was if I was having a bet, I think probably Alexander Arnold would be the the, the one I think he was most likely to, to make his debut next. Um because he is he's very highly thought of. Um and, you know, again, you know, not just because of his talent but because of his, his attitude and his application as well. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um so I suppose the next thing to do is is let's um according to some Liverpool fans, let's be giantly racist and uh, <laughs> and, and let's talk about the fact that Balotelli's gone because it seems as though as soon as you're happy at the fact that we've moved on Balotelli, you're a giant racist and that's the only answer for it. Um so so, you know, first of all he's come out and said some crazy stuff last night, you know, it was the biggest mistake of his life to go to Liverpool um, I saw Jim Beglin saying it was uh, it was one of Liverpool's biggest mistakes as well and he got absolutely lifted out of it by a couple of gobshites um, oh, yeah, you, you know it's 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 just ridiculous but you know from for, for someone like yourself who's been in around the club um, and like you said you, you, you chose not to report on some of the negative things you'd seen around Balotelli at the time while he was still there Um it must give you a bit of satisfaction to see him finally gone in the same way it does us. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly glad he's 
he, he's gone because I, you know he was just a he was, I think he was just a, a bad influence around the place you know with his, his attitude and all the rest of it and I think just the, the sideshow as well I just think was a, you just didn't need it I think mm. you know it was that that that's why it's a relief that he's that he's no longer a Liverpool player but you know I'd love to have been proved wrong I'd love to have seen mm. him score 25 30 goals a we season always, for the club yeah. and um, but it was, you know, it, sadly, it was just one of those deals that from the start, you, you just thought, you know, what is going on here? I was on that tour in America was it just over two years ago when, when, it, when, it, when it first got brought up. I think Liverpool were just about to play Milan on that tour and, mm. and, and Rogers was asked about it. And I can, I can promise you he was as, as adamant away from the microphones as he was on the microphone in terms of... You know, we will not ever be signing someone like Mario Balotelli. Um, <laughs> and then that, that was why I was made to look so stupid a couple of weeks later. Yeah, you have so, to yeah. feel sorry for him in that situation, don't you? Because, <laughs> you know, it was such a clusterfuck in, in terms of how we went about finding yeah, a striker yeah. that summer. It was, it, was, it was a disaster and we don't need to go back over old ground, but we all know why we ended up with him. And I think everybody, or 99% of the people out there, even people who weren't crazy on him and who said he wasn't going to be great for us, we all wanted them to succeed like you do every single yeah, player whether, you know. whether you love a player or like a player when they're signed you want them to succeed for your football club we you were know? at yeah. uh, the night with Carragher and Garcia do you remember that? that's right and yeah, it, yeah. it pretty much emerged that this was happening it wasn't just a rumour anymore no it, it was, was about to just happen as we were and, at it and uh, Carragher got asked uh, what does he think of Mario Balotelli signing for Liverpool and his answer was I'm not saying nothing. There's too many camera phones and shit around this room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He literally had the opinion yeah. that he still has at this day. Yeah, he did. Want, he didn't want to say. Yeah, you know, yeah. Which, yeah. which is fair enough. Like you know, at the time, Carragher was probably a bit closer to the club. Now his job as a pundit is his main focus, and yeah. he kind of said he's a bit more outspoken. But you're talking about a player going in, and like yourself, James, you probably didn't want to say too much because it is the club and everything else, and you don't want too much negative press around. Yeah, well, let's let's be honest, James. You you take your fair share of stick on Twitter. Let's <laughs> let's let's call a spade a spade here. You know, even even last night and today, I was just I was looking at some of the shit that gets thrown at you, and uh, not not even all of it is deserved. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but, that's just but, for my misses. <laughs> I was yeah. uh, I was never so blown away as as um, the time you you broke the news about Sacco, like oh, uh, and the response to that, like and. I mean, you were out there in America with the team. You were you were close to them. You're not going to just um, barefoot lie in front of a camera and claim that there's all this going on when it's not going on. And there was so many people just in such denial over. I, I don't know why they can't put. If anybody put the trust in a local, and I'm not trying to butter you up here in any way, but if they can't put the trust in a in a local journalist who's you know they're doing his job, doing his job, and you know he's close to the club, and you don't want to jeopardise that as well, and and can't take that as fact. Like you know, it, it was incredible, and such like the the levels people go to, the stick was just it was just outrageous, you know, and well, unbelievable. I don't know, I don't know. But how I actually think it, that like, Sacco could kill somebody, and Liverpool fans would help him bury the body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. I must admit, it was. I was. I was. You know, I, I was taken aback by just just how how, uh, how much flack was flying on the back of that. I think I think my favourite one that, that, was, that was probably repeatable was some fella uh, tweeting me to say that um, that once Klopp had read my story, he had no doubt that I'd be sent home as well. <laughs> <laughs> you have to yeah. love these spacers, don't you? I mean, it's complete. Yeah. It's even, complete even delusion. That one is not as good as. 
the, the fella that tweeted me after the six-one at Stoke, <laughs> uh, the, the back end of the season before last, yeah, and and told me that. Um, after that result, my position was untenable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, quality! Like at the end of the day, James, and I don't think we're we're speaking out of turn here. You know, if you've gone away with the club and you are a reporter with the local newspaper, who's been invited away, who's been around the training camps and stuff like that. You've been given that story or the story has got to you through official yeah. means before you go writing it in your paper. That's yeah, or, or putting course, it on yeah, Twitter yeah. under then, an official handle, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and also, you know, you, I, I'm not in a position where I can take a flyer on something and, and, and write something thinking you know, there's probably a, I'm pretty sure this is right, but I, no. I can't be 100 percent sure it's. You know, I, it's just not the way that, you know, not the way I do things and certainly not the way the Echo would do things. So you, you'd only ever write a story like that if you were 100% sure of, yeah. of, of the information you if, had. If Jorgie if Bears text you himself, like... <laughs> it was funny It was funny as well I mean, how was, people came to text. Ter- that story was, you know, fair play to Klopp for... Because you know, I, I, I still think a lot of managers would... You know, a couple of days later, when he was asked about it, I think a lot of managers would have just said, um, "All I'm prepared to say is Mamadou Saka has gone back to England." Um, you know, yes, he's gone back. I'm, I don't want to. I won't discuss it further. So that, I mean, that was in in my head at the time was, you know, if, if he said that, then that does leave me open to yeah, more abuse. looking like was, a plum. <laughs> so, yeah, so you can imagine just how relieved I was when he was he was sat across the table in this hotel in. I think it was in in Los Angeles by that point of the tour, and you know, he was asked about it, and uh, and then he he gave that, that answer about you know a lack of respect and repeatedly breaking club rules, and so it was uh, yeah he realised it's like oh, he's uh, he, he, he's done us a favour there. Yeah, I, I tweeted at the time because uh, it happened so quickly. You went from being this villain who was allegedly making up a, a slanderous story about Sacco and who, who nobody could say a bad word about to Klopp verifying your story 24 hours later and the <laughs> reversing that went on on Twitter like and I, I tweeted like you know is is, is everybody going to apologise to James Pearce now because <laughs> yeah I mean that that was just totally unnecessary and you could see like it, it, it was like um like some sort of grieving process like people have went from being this isn't true it's not happening no to now they accept the but James Pierce is making up the rest of the stuff what Klopp didn't confirm that was made up he's guessed he's no this isn't happening and now like his future isn't though you weren't sensationalizing and I mean people just need to take a lesson from it really yeah, I suppose yeah. Hello, this is Ronnie Wheeler here, and you're listening to Tripper Chats. Well, somebody better get down there and explain offside to us. The game's gone mad. Uh, his knowledge of football, unsurpassed. It was very, very disappointing. It was bitterly disappointing, but we're very disappointed. No, I, cu- I couldn't listen to any more. You smash it? You definitely smashed it. <laughs> well, anyway, Tripper Chats, send us your questions now. The first one comes in from a guy, James, at Gag and Press, and uh, he says, completely innocent slash gentle question this, just exactly how great of a guy is uh, Mamadou Sacco? So, well, like, have, have you met him and, and have you he spent some time is, with him? I, I've, yeah, I've only got positive, positive experience of meeting him. I, he, I, was, I was invited down to All Saints Primary School in, in Amfield, only a stone's throw from the ground, really, but not long after Sacco had joined and it was... It was, it was him and his wife were both there, and he'd actually volunteered to become an ambassador for the LFC Foundation. And, and you know, he he, he doesn't he's, 
he's he's given a lot back to the community since he's he's been at Liverpool, and I can yeah. I, I think you know I can understand why why fans feel such an affinity with him because I think in in a in an era where a lot of players are, are viewed as being detached from from reality and from the the working man on the street, I think you know Sacco's endeared himself to Liverpool fans with you know and he, you know it was you know doing stuff for the homeless and decorating people's walls and he you know he's he, he is you know he's done he's done a lot of good things he just it's just a shame that that he's also made some made some poor decisions and um you know hopefully he can he can put all that behind him now and 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 get his Liverpool career back on track, but yeah, you'd, you'd like to think that the last six months have been a bit of a wake up call for him because, you know, I think these are exciting times for Liverpool and he he should want to be part of it, but that'll only happen if he if he changes his ways. Yeah, absolutely, and and listen, we've we've seen it happen with players before, bigger mistakes than this have been made, and and they've recovered. So you know, I think everybody similarly, even the people, you know, it, it turned into an anti and a pro Sacco debate. It doesn't need to be that, you know. Let's no, just hope he either. let's just hope he gets back on track and and gets. Uh, you know, gets his shit together. Um, next one is from at a left back, and uh, he asked all of us really: Would we rather be attractive but get punched in the face every morning, or be ugly? <laughs> so there's definitely um, be ugly. You'd rather be ugly than get punched <laughs> yeah, in the face every yeah, morning. Yeah, I don't like the idea of being punched. <laughs> Fair enough, uh, Andy. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of them mad questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Punches in the face? You take the punch in the face to be attractive. Because the well, punch... like if you look like if you go, if you got the choice to look like Carrius or Emery yeah, Chan like, or something like, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you take a few slaps. Just one every <laughs> mo- every morning. You got up, box in the face, job done. You look like my missus gives me day. one of them anyway, so I may as well look like <laughs> Carrius in the meantime. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. I regularly punch myself in the face like, <laughs> when I'm playing golf. Uh, yeah. <laughs> take a bad shot and just punch yourself in the face. So, it yeah, explains used, a lot to, to be fair. A few digs. <laughs> um, okay, uh, a more serious one then comes in from uh, at Sean J Pugh, and he asks uh, J. James, in your opinion, are FSG the right owners for the club, and can we win a title under their ownership? Uh, well, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I certainly, I certainly don't subscribe to the idea that they are they're bad owners. I think, you know, again, you know, it's, you know you, obviously opinion will be divided on it, but you know, I, I think I, I don't think they've ever kind of fail to deliver on something they've promised to do. I think from when they from when they came in, they said, you know, this, we're not going to be sugar daddies. We would. We just want to improve the way the club is run. We want to improve revenues. We, we want to, you know, improve it across the board. We're going to sort out the stadium issue, which obviously they have done now. Um, yeah, I, th- I can understand the frustration because you see Liverpool spending dwarfed by, by you know, the likes of City and United and, and Chelsea, but you know, I, I think they have done a lot of good for the club. Whether they whether they can get the club where to where they want it to be, I think if it's going to happen, it, it will happen under Klopp because you know he is the perfect man for Liverpool. Um, you know, I think some of the criticism of FSG this summer has been misplaced in terms of you know this idea that Klopp has been denied money to, to spend is just not true. You know, Klopp has you know the, he. Klopp speaks from the heart. I don't think he, he he's not an he's not an actor. He doesn't put on a show. Um, you know he is absolutely adamant that he that he's been able to do what he wanted. Um, you know you look at his his past. He 
he's not the kind of manager. You know, he, he was asked about. I think it was on an interview during the tour. It was, you know, would, would you would you sign a Pogba for ninety million? And he, you know, and he was he was saying, you know, I, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it a different way. This this is the way I want to do it. I want to develop players. I'm. I think the quote was, I'm not interested in who the best player in the world was last season. I want to try and work out who's going to be the best player in the world next season. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I think so. You know, I think it's. I mean, obviously, it's interesting at the moment as well. The ownership issue with so much speculation doing the rounds. I mean, it, it was. You know, I, I can only go by from everyone I speak to connected with FSG, including people very high up, are absolutely adamant it's it's complete rubbish. This stuff about the Chinese takeover. I think. You know, I think it's, it's no secret that they, you know, that they were open to the idea of selling a minority stake. Um, so that'll be interesting to see whether that happens in in the next you know, 12 to 18 months. But you know, I, I certainly don't think I don't think FSG's reign is going to come to an end at any time soon. Um, and you know, people will debate whether their vision can bring the kind of success that they want, but. You know, I tell you what, I think you know they've they've got the right. If if anyone can make it happen, then it'll be Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, absolutely. I can't disagree with you. Okay, we'll we'll. Um make it a little bit more it's actual toilet humour this time um, at Belfast Cup I'd asks us uh, do we flush the toilet just before we have a pee pee yeah so do you flush it and then like race it to see can you finish your pee before the t- toilet finishes flushing <laughs> That's a new one. Like, <laughs> no, like, I, I've been guilty of that one. Yeah, I'd have an old toilet yeah. race the odd time. That's thing. No, yeah. I, I always thought the rule was like if you go to like a new girlfriend's house and like you need to, to drop the kids off at the pool, you flush the toilet as they dr- jump into the pool and there's no smell. It gets right. rid of the smell. So if you, <laughs> like there's a vacuum. <laughs> yeah, literally gets rid of the smell so you can walk out feeling fresh and not worried that your new missus... Mum and dad are going to see that you've dropped yeah. a bomb in the toilets, yeah. but I've never never heard of that one. Yeah, it's 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 just surely for your own enjoyment. Like okay. there's no uh, major thoughts behind it. When Gen- I was a little kid, I did a high like a high one, like to see how high you could wait. You yeah, know, I'd, say, you, I'd say your mum loved that, did she? Yeah? No, in the school uh, urinals, not at home. Like all right, because she plaster in the wall. Do you, do you ever race it yourself, James? No, <laughs> you a toilet racer. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have. No, I'll have no. to give that a go. No, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Um, okay, uh, we'll, we'll finish up with this one. Uh, it's Gary at Shaw underscore LFC. And he says, James, what did you think uh, when Lucas tweeted you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the funny thing is, the, um, I, was actually, I was actually doing LFC TV's press box at the time. So it was, I had my phone, phone was off. Um, and obviously then I was jumping in the car to drive to... Uh, I think it was to Burton for the League Cup tie. Um, so it was one of the ones where I turned the phone back on and I, I, I knew I'd missed something significant by, by just how much it was buzzing. <laughs> and uh, and then I, 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 I won't see who it was, but let's just say a, 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 another journalist um, who covers Liverpool, a, 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 I, I picked up his message first and it just said, um, <laughs> don't don't rise to the bait, uh, take some deep breaths or something. Right. So... Uh, so I thought, what, what the hell? What the hell does he mean by that? Yeah. And then, and then I looked on Twitter, and then realised. Um, and no, no. Do you know what? It's, in fact, I actually had a conversation with Lucas after the game uh, on Saturday, and uh, you know, everything, everything's uh, all fine between us ah, now. Cool. I think, I think he was, he was, I think he was pretty clear. What he was, he was frustrated that I'd mentioned him staying uh, in a story about Sacco, yeah, um, yeah. potentially going because I think on the back of that. 
he had a lot of abuse from idiots on Twitter saying, you know, for God's sake, because you're staying... Yeah, <laughs> fuck off, happens. Lucas, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And, and I tried to explain to him that that wasn't... The that, intention. That was, certainly, I didn't write it like that. And also, it was a roundup of what was... Yeah, you were morning. just saying that his move was most likely off because of what had happened with Sacco. Klopp wanted to keep him around uh, as yeah, extra yeah. cover. Yeah, and he, yeah. You know, he's, yeah, he's looked upon as a, as a valued squad player who can play centre midfield or centre back. Um, yeah, and I think I think Lucas felt that you know he, he felt that it was he'd he'd been almost made to look like the bad guy because it was his fault. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which um, which I can understand his point, but he's you know thankfully we've uh, squared that one off. Yeah, yeah, we've moved on and uh, we're uh, we're mates again. It's, ah, cool. it's interesting to know like that the players, especially like Lucas, he's he's on Twitter a long time and he seems to notice and pick up on a lot an awful lot of the stick he's getting and I think if I was a professional footballer, I'd avoid reading my mentions. Yeah, I, I can't imagine unless I was Luis Suarez or someone like that. I can't imagine if I was Lucas I'd But there's want gonna to be, be there's gonna be any amount of opposition fans <laughs> like just throwing all sorts of abuse yeah, about true, your mother true. and your sister and <laughs> yeah, your missus yeah, and your yeah, kids. Yeah. When yeah. I uh, when I this I probably shouldn't admit this when uh, I used to play non-league I'd go you on played to, football Jamie you've never, never mentioned it no, no. Yeah. I used to go on to the, the threads and like the, the 30 fans that would go and watch the game you'd get yeah. the odd bit of abuse yeah. I definitely did make up a fake profile and be like <laughs> no, in the middle of a decent game today <laughs> and no one would reply <laughs> <laughs> what about that Holmes young lad <laughs> bit of alright eh? silence yeah, 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 tumbleweed yeah. fucking yeah, yeah. Right. okay listen we'll, we'll wrap it at that Okay, so let's have our little outro. Um, as always, we'd like to say thanks to the Astro Park Tala for the use of the facilities here and the bunker. Uh, your place to go for all of your five-a-side needs in South Dublin. Your trippers tonight were Andy Young, Jamie Home. We were delighted to be joined by James Pierce from the Liverpool Echo and myself, Stephen Daly. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week. I can't believe we asked him to do the piss game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'll give it a shot. Fucking scrap him if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> be no problem to you. Yeah, you have to do. You're a fucking warrior, pal. Tank. I have been fed. That's a fact. I have been fed. That's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation, sir? PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.